welcome to Anime Ichiban Gumbastam's dedicated anime podcast. A good morning, afternoon, evening, night to all of you out there. I am your host, Matthew Pontier. As always, I am joined by Kyle Rogashone and rejoining us after a brief hiatus from last episode, Mr. Harry Morris. Good to have hey you back, yo. Harry. Hey, hello. It's good to be back. Yeah, you were feeling a little under the weather last episode, unfortunately, but hopefully you're feeling a bit better now that it's been three weeks out. Oh, it's, it's weird so, so like last episode i started to feel quite poorly just beforehand like with a cough mm-hmm. and um yesterday i got a bit of a cold and then that was really bad today as well but i thought i can't cancel again because at that point it sounds like i'm skiving <laughs> and i'm not because obviously i really enjoy doing the podcast like i'm sincerely not very well but i thought that's just not well that's we not appreciate good. If I, if you I call uh, up episodes in a row like oh i'm poorly again guys i can't do it because then i just i just sound like a bit of a twat so i thought i'll, I'll power through it but um, you just love us if so i start much. sneezing or if i sound disgustingly nasally nasally i'm very sorry you sound very good on on call to me at the very least also i've, I've never heard that term sky- skiving that sounds like a british Sk- term yeah oh is that not an american thing either kyle have you heard skiving, that before yeah i i have never so is it just i'm sick is that what it is or not yeah you, sc- you skive you skive from work you skive from school um it's i think you guys say bunking off oh slack off kind of or slack off okay i have never do, do, heard do, bunking do, off if, if, oh have you not okay because I, I i thought bunking off is an american thing i might be wrong no yeah uh, that bum, might bum, be an bum east off, maybe? coast thing no i've not I've been on East Coast for five years and not heard bunk off. It might be thinking See, I, I, I don't. I don't know what East Coast means. I hear people say, oh, like, is it East Coast or West Coast? I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, I, I just, I assume it's some sort of, like, rap feud, like, like East Side, yeah. West Side. I don't fucking yeah, that. know. Is, is that what it is? Is that Well, that is? Is, okay, so that's, like, one part of it, but there is... So, uh, I think Matt and I were actually talking about this uh, because we're both from California, so there are, like, a few turns of phrases mm-hmm. and words that... Like we'll use, uh, and then we kind of get like a little bit of an eyebrow raise whenever we say over on the East Coast. Like when I was uh, in school in Maine, uh, I used to say totally and hella a lot, and that was apparently a very California yep. thing. Yeah, people mm. told me I have a Californian accent, and it wasn't until like I was in Texas. I'm like, wait, what, what does that mean? <laughs> what is a Californian accent? I had no idea, but yeah, same. <laughs> I, I use totally and hella as well, and. Hella specifically, it's not even like all of California. It's more like a SoCal thing specifically. Mm. But well, it's at like all of, you see it all around, but like it's very, very prominent in SoCal. But yeah, it's it's funny when you move out and everyone's like, the hell are you talking about? I'm like, I, I, it's, it's that. I assume I, <laughs> the UK has its own little regional yeah. weird oh, to- language stuff. I was about to say totally. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. The, the American influences are rubbed off on me. Yeah, um, so dialect that I believe is exclusive to, like, the region I'm in, which is Leicestershire, is Mardi, which means grumpy. But, like, I think even in parts of England, people won't know that. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, super exclusive dialect. So um, you would say, like, I'm a bit Mardi about that? Or... Yeah, like, like, like they were being Mardi earlier, just, like, really grumpy in Mardi. Mm-hmm. Um, oh and then also, like, uh, I know that, like, like, we say wank for example, like, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know how popular that word is in America. I think Americans say masturbation, which I, I some people do still say, but like... It's used like, when making uh, jokes yeah. with British accents. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, but something that really irks me um, is whenever, like, Americans impersonate British people, they always do it in, like, the most posh way possible. <laughs> And it, it's like, because you don't realize don't know parts better. of Britain. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's all because of Downton Abbey. That's like the only reference point they have. 
but it's like there's, there's that of, and then there's Britain Mary the f- Poppins yeah but like most of Britain is so fucking scummy <laughs> and like oh. not like bad at oh, all no. really scummy and really shit and like not like Downton Abbey at all um but it's 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 still amusing for me but um it's weird whenever like a, an English person sees that or a British person because like that's not reflective of of Britain but just like I'm sure like when an English person is like oh I want a cheeseburger and fries and and a shotgun like that's <laughs> reflective of all of America excuse me it's reflective of parts of America but not all of yeah. it um, I so feel yeah. like I have a good amount of America that actually sounds like my roommate <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not good then all right um, well what what have you been uh, up to lately Harry what's been uh, making you what was was that her Malden Madden Madden Marty Marty Gras Marty 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 Gras let's go with that <laughs> What's been making me mad? Wait, uh, oh, actually, sorry. Random divergence. Uh, is that the meaning behind the song Marty Bum by the Arctic Monkeys? Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh my God, cool. Oh, yeah. I learned something. That'll be it, yeah. Um, I forgot about that, but that, that'll be it, like Marty Bum. So like a grumpy person. That is Aha. fantastic. That's really cool. Lift it Anyways. all back. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you say like someone's a Marty Bum, like that's it. it or a Marty ass, you can say as well. Or that's I'm sure if you're American, a Marty ass. <laughs> Marty asshole. Um, yeah. So like uh, in terms of recently, I've been playing some games and I have some controversial gaming takes to share. The first Spicy one, I'll do the, po- the, the positive one, uh, the latest One Piece game, which is called One Piece World Seeker, which I think came out last year. Yeah, that's a bit. Uh, it had like four out of ten across the board. I played it and sincerely really enjoyed it. And maybe I'm just weird, but I found it to be a really, really just satisfying open world game. It's nothing particularly special, but it's just a decent little open world game yeah. where the kind of the core gameplay, while it can be repetitive, there's enough fun in there, enough kind of like satisfying little moments to make it good throughout. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I had a really good time of it. So that's my controversial take first, which <laughs> is a positive thing. Uh, the other thing is, so I started playing Super Mario 3D All-Stars and I've, I've played Mario 64 in the past and I was mixed on it because I don't think it's aged particularly well. And I started playing it again and I played Bob on Battlefield and it's like, that's good fun. But as soon as I got to... um what's the, the, the snowy one in, in the first area Freeze I forgot like, their names Freeze easy oh yes it's like as soon as you get to the one where you have to do more specific platforming more precise platforming it suddenly starts to feel for lack of a better phrase fucking awful <laughs> because immediately then the camera's very difficult like like it won't turn when you're too close to a wall so that makes it awkward <laughs> but also yeah it's just really awkward the platforming really finicky and uncomfortable and then I picked up Sunshine. I've never played Sunshine before and I started playing that a bit. And um, it obviously handles a lot better than 64, but I started to just immediately feel that Mario Odyssey has completely invalidated these games <laughs> in terms of their gameplay because I feel like everything those games do, Mario Odyssey has just done better in every way. If you say, oh, I love the, the moveset of Mario in those 3D games, I love the, the um, his platforming. Well, well, the moveset is the best in Odyssey. It's the most versatile. The platforming's the tightest. It's the most responsive. And the controls are the best. If you say, I love the exploration of um, Mario 64 and Mario Sunshine. I love the kind of open level design. Well, it's nowhere near as open as the level design in Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the worlds in Mario Odyssey are so much bigger. If you say, oh, I love the aesthetic, the colours and the, the vibrant locations of those games. Well, Mario Odyssey, again, has those games beat. In every area of those games, I would shine, agree. I feel that for, Mario Odyssey surpassed them. I would agree for the most part. Um, 
and I, I, I think, you know, uh, yeah, Odyssey did evolve a lot of the Mario, the 3D Mario formula. The one thing I wish they would go back to, um, which was, I say, was very lacking in Odyssey, is that it doesn't feel like a cohesive world. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is very much a theme park Mario game. What I really enjoyed about uh, Galaxy uh, Sunshine, Sunshine 64 yeah. is that, you know, you had the hub world uh, connecting everything. And the hub world itself was a, like, fun little playground. Like, I still really yeah. uh, have, like, fond memories of finding all of the different little places in Delfino Plaza, Mm -hmm. seeing everything unlock gradually. And you don't really have that sense of progression um, and grounding in Odyssey. Right. But everything else would definitely Sunshine too, where like Mm -hmm. you could look out on the horizon, you could see the other areas of the island, which is really cool. Yeah. It it could have perhaps been nice if uh, the, the spaceship he travels in was maybe massive on the inside and there were lots of areas to it. If you can imagine, however, like if you had played those games back in the day when they had first came out, can you of see course, like yeah. why they were? It's it's the nostalgia. Time, yeah. yeah, I I completely one hundred percent see how uh, Mario sixty four especially how innovative it would have been in three D platforming, mm-hmm. um, and I think yeah, it, it definitely earned its place as like an iconic, amazing game because at its time no one was really doing that mm-hmm. sort of stuff, mm-hmm. so it was really innovative. Um, and yeah, t- no, t- totally. I understand it. If, if you had like strong nostalgia for those games, then going back is going to be so much fun. But for me, like, like I was kind of comparing it to, to Zelda and I feel that Breath of the Wild, for example, mm-hmm. doesn't in any way invalidate the 3D Zeldas that preceded it mm-hmm. because they're so different. If you compare Ocarina of Time and Breath of the Wild, Ocarina of Time does loads of amazing things that Breath of the Wild doesn't do and Breath of the Wild does loads of amazing things that Ocarina of Time doesn't do. And in the end, you almost don't compare them. You treat them as completely different experiences mm. because they have so many different qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, Breath of the Wild feels more like a sort of in the genre of Skyrim, if that makes sense, like an open world game with lots of side quests, which is a completely different genre to what Ocarina of Time even was. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah. controversy. It's, it's funny because uh, Kyle and I are a changed men. And so... Uh, I've been watching some uh, some uh, streams of Kiara Takanashi Kiara uh, streaming Super Mario 64, and yeah, like her main complaint that just gets her on her every time. It's like, why is the camera so bad? Why does it mm. keep killing me? And so yeah, it, it's definitely the complaint that a lot of modern people have been having. What about anime? Have you been watching anything recently? I know you watched a particular movie recently, correct? Oh, we'll get onto that. Um... Yeah, so I've I've been kind of flitting through different things. I started watching Death Note again, um, mm-hmm. oh, which wow, I, was, okay. I saw years and years ago, but I wanted to rewatch it. Any and particular I got, reason I, why? What made you feel? So, so the reason it? why is because I always felt very mixed on it. I loved parts of the series, but midway through, of course, something <laughs> happens. <laughs> A certain character ceases to be... And I feel that the series really nosedives at that point. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to kind mm. of watch it again retrospectively and see if I feel differently. But I've kind of gotten to a different point now where like I got 13 episodes in and Light is brought onto the investigation and Mies is introduced. And already I started to feel like I'm not sure how on board I am with it, even at this point early on. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy the start of the series where it's just Light and L, And just those two just kind of like having at it and trying to right. out, outsmart each other. But I feel as it gets more convoluted, it kind of becomes less enjoyable in a way. Right. Because it becomes less focused just on that kind of mind game they're playing. It just becomes almost sloppy feeling. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not sure though. With that said, I want to watch more and I want to keep going because because I know there are some great bits still to come. But I don't know. It, it sometimes feels like a great idea that that wasn't always capitalized on in the best or, way or overstayed its welcome a little bit. It overstayed its welcome mm. a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think the show could have absolutely ended at that moment you're talking about and been fine with an open ended ending at that point. Yeah. Um. I, I, I don't believe it more or I, I what makes it more distasteful is the fact that the antagonist uh that follows that mm-hmm. certain character is really just blech yeah not engaging uh, at all mellow is like yeah. why am i why do i care about you like there's one line that l says at the very last episode that i wish i could say but that's a spoiler but it's just like or not l sorry uh, light that said, he says at the last episode, I'm just like, yes, yes, 120% agree. And I never agreed with anything else you said this whole series. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't remember what it is, so I want to know. But uh, but yeah, I'll, we'll, I'll tell you we'll, afterwards. Yeah. Tell me afterwards. Yeah, I'll leave it because I don't want to spoil anything. But um, but no, so I was watching some of that. I've been watching quite a few One Piece movies. I, I want to eventually watch all the One Piece films and then do a big article ranking them mm-hmm. uh, because I'm a fucking loser. Uh, so yeah, that's been my life recently. <laughs> Kyle, tell oh, you me know about, what my life has been like. Tell me about the shrimp that you've been eating lately. Oh, um. So, uh, we talked. It, it's interesting just to like go back to the last episode and be like, the oh, timeline. Have of you heard happening? of uh, Hollow Live and VTubers? And in the three weeks that have passed since the last time we recorded and i think it was that same day where yeah, it was, was that it the same day after day. that they premiered no it was a, they, they were premiering while we were recording oh my god <laughs> and then we went right. back and caught it all well, and then that well, night was what a collab- fucking yep. three weeks this has been yeah so matt and i <clears throat> have uh fallen down uh according to uh you know his, his uh, article that he posted which y'all should read if you haven't uh mm. seen vtubers yet or don't know what hollow live is we've fallen down the uh hollow live rabbit hole and been watching uh the uh, english vtubers um because they are very good content <laughs> and that's been a lot of fun uh so in addition to that yeah it's just been a lot of that. <laughs> well, because it's nice because they have like really chill streams most of the time. So I can just kind of put it on in the background while I work, especially because they go for so long. So I'll just be having that going on and I'm just watching this tiny little digital. Yeah, it's just something though. happening in the background and occasionally Amelia will say something like, I used to eat sand. I'm like, like what? <laughs> like, oh, all right. Fun. Uh, yeah, so that, that's that's been honestly a lot of fun. Um, in addition to that, I have unfortunately not been playing a huge... Well, I have been playing. What have I been playing? I've been playing a bit of Hades, uh, which is really fun. I really What were you playing when you were got <laughs> you on said this? Well, okay, I was going to get to that, but <laughs> I have also got on the uh, Genshin Impact train, which is you know, keeping in vain with uh, Breath of the Wild. It's surprisingly more than a breath of the wild clone with waifus uh mm-hmm. which yes it is that but it's also a bit more than that there are some mechanics in there that i genuinely really enjoy uh and the art style is gorgeous uh the uh only thing i'd say is that the gotcha system is kind of uh, but i don't feel like i'm missing out necessarily uh 
So yeah, I'm just playing it That's as a free-to-play game. That's what everyone says that don't have those five stars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I played, when I previewed it back at PAX East two years ago, when conventions existed, um, I went into it and like, this is absolutely a Breath of the Wild clone for sure. And you go into it, and it's like, yep, those sure are the aesthetics of Breath of the Wild. You got the climbing and the gliding, and some of these enemies look like straight up ripped models, like the slimes. But the gameplay itself could hardly be more different than Breath of the Wild, I feel like. Mm -hmm. I'm down from the combat, the exploration, the quest system, the progression, how dungeons work. Um, it is it is a very, very, very different type of open, well, they're both open world games, but they're very different types of open world games. So I hesitate to call it a clone of Breath of the Wild outside of its visuals, because its visuals are definitely like one-to-one, -one, essentially. Mm. And at the very least, uh, Mihoyo, I think, is the company. Unlike something like Tencent, uh, as far as I understand it, they don't really have any ties to the government. They're just kind of there mm. making their own mobile games. Um, so I, if if that's a qualm, I maybe do a little more research, but at least just yeah. give it a shot just to try it. You can download it on your phone and then see like whether or not you like it. And if you don't, just get it out of there. Yeah, I know it's it's free, isn't it? But then the way they make it is money free. is they yeah, incentivize microtransactions. But like, how essential are those microtransactions? They're not. And how, they're not, not at all. Really you're, all. You're literally just paying money if you want to see more cute girls. Right. So that, I mean, that's, cute, it, it cute follows the gotcha great, model. But yeah, I'm not going to pay money for that. <laughs> so yeah, it's like playing Breath of the Wild, you only play as Link. But, well, actually, I guess a lot of people would do this. I'm like, what if you could pay money to play as someone else and people would absolutely do that. But it, it's yeah. the same, not paying money in Genshin Impact is the same as playing Breath of the Wild, but just Link, as in mm -hmm. it's still a complete game. <laughs> yeah, but at some point you would be like, I'm going to play as Zelda and you pay money for it. <laughs> Well, you pay money to see if you could get the chance to play as Zelda. Right, that's gotcha. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, okay. So th at that point, you have more of a problem with the gotcha I'm, model. I'm which saying is that because very prevalent. I know that I, I would be the fucking loser who pays money. Uh, uh, oh, Look, Harry, oh. it's a daily struggle whenever I load up that game to be like, oh, should we just give them a little money? This is why, this is why I don't, don't want to play it, don't want to play it, do not want to take yeah, it. Yeah, you time. know, and if you know that about yourself, that is perfectly valid. Yeah. I've, I've never been into gambling or anything, like, like I want to reiterate that, but um, I just know that in this context, if I did get into the game and I was really enjoying it, and then it was like, oh, wow, that I could win that. Yeah. I don't know how, how good What your limits are? <laughs> but... Aside from that, aside from mobile games yep. and VTubers, um, one of the interesting things that's happened with me with anime is that if you've been paying attention to the Xbox accounts, you may have <laughs> noticed that there's been a little more anime posting happening. You and may even see that they were shrimping for a certain shark. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> I have uh, the, the the long and short of it is that uh, I'm one of I'm a community manager for the Xbox social media team, um, and uh, I took a little bit of creative liberty to post some uh, stuff to like anime related community. So I like Matt said I replied to Gura's tweet when she was playing Dead by Daylight. I started using some Eurocamp jips, which kicked off in, into entire discussion about me giving my opinions on series like Girls Last Tour, uh, Hibike Euphonium, uh, and a bunch of other series. And that got picked up by Crunchyroll, uh, which was weird to see. 
And it was funny because after like my four or five hours of anime posting, my boss is like, all right, let's, you know, cool that, you know, you, you were able to engage with our fans like that, but maybe like give it a rest be, uh, for the meantime, because you know, we are a video game company, mm-hmm. um, you were know, Xbox, so give it a rest. Um, like, so okay, then you yeah, started totally. posting hentai. <laughs> well, n- <laughs> not exactly, but, uh, it was funny because a couple days later, uh, I woke up and I got a message uh, from my supervisor being like, hey, Kyle, uh, Xbox Game Pass is doing this Funimation promo and I have no idea what anybody's talking about. <laughs> so please <laughs> get on this. this. <laughs> yeah. So if you go to the Xbox Game Pass Twitter page, uh, yesterday they were running a promotion where they offer two free months of Funimation Premium if you haven't subbed before. Oh, okay. Uh, so I was posting about Death Parade, uh, JoJo, One Piece, uh, yeah. and a bunch of other things there. Yeah. So I also managed to sneak in a, a Coco reference, uh, which I was very happy about. Like Kiryu Coco? The, yes, like Kiryu Coco, Coco which, hit the, which hit the top page of our Hollow Live. Um, I, I wrote, there, there's no Yamete Kuda stopping us. And oh my God. <laughs> that, was, that was a lot of fun. But um, all that to say, I'm very happy that, like, yes, there's the marketing aspect and there's no getting around that. Like, it's, it's a giant multi-billion dollar corporation. Um, and, you know, they obviously want to, you know, have customers, um, people that throw money at them. But the other side of that is I really enjoy both showing my interests and having anime be less stigmatized, especially on such a huge platform. Absolutely. And what's hilarious too is like seeing all the speculation around these tweets, people just going wild, like who's running this or is it the people or is Xbox, blah, 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 blah. And if now if you're listening to this podcast, you got the answer. You'll be one of those privileged few that know the answer. But <laughs> all right, yeah. I know this might be our most popular episode. It might be huge. Yeah, because be, because Kyle you know, unveiled all the skeletons in his closet. <laughs> look at them. Yeah. Look how bony they are. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, on, on my end, uh, I was playing... Just to go through it pretty quickly, I was playing some 13 Sentinels, Ages Rim. It is phenomenal. It's incredible how they balance 13 protagonist storylines in a non-linear storytelling fashion. Absolutely worth a play. Uh, beyond that, I got a new game in for review that I can't talk about. But if you've listened to any of our podcast episodes before, you could probably take a guess as what, what you can't even mention is. the game. I, yeah. No. Yeah. I, really? I know what it is. I know mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was able to mention it for the previous game, but not this time. So yep, paths you can take of guess. hot metal. <laughs> it, it, sure. it was it was something I I started playing the first one and I need to pick it up again because I only played a little bit and I got distracted. That's, that's where I'm I, at. I'm, yep. I get distracted you. all the time, but I need to pick it up again. Um, whatever that game may be, of course, it may mystery. or may not be that game mystery. Yeah. Yes. And beyond that, I started some of the new seasons of the shows, and I, all I can say is right now the journey of Elena looks like it's going to be a very cozy show to vibe with i absolutely adored the first episode so that's something to check out and then i'll be watching the first episode of the higurashi anime tomorrow sunday with Ooh. my friend so i can't wait to see get into that so Ten yeah times. Mm-hmm. let's get in some news now shall we yeah and so i wasn't sure if i wanted to cover this on the podcast due to the 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 political nature of it and just how mm. sensitive it oh, is I- to navigate around Oh, and, okay. So, I mean, I don't know what it is, but I, you know, I love like hot topics. But right. Also, I don't, I don't want to big this up now if you're going to say something really bad. Like, so 
And also because this has to do with Hololive, Harry, which you are an outsider to, but you might okay. have some unique perspectives on this as an right. outsider. Okay. And so I figure it is such a big deal. It is dominating the uh, the news sites and seeing Kyle and mine's position in the Hololive community or rabbit hole this past three weeks. I feel like we have to cover this. And so th this is a complicated, multi-layered story uh, oh, going story down time. here. So the... The base headline to this, Harry, is that uh, two of the top talents in Hololive, so Hololive consists of 56 total talents now, 56 different VTubers that all put on their different streams. Uh, and and these, are, these are real people who use like digital kind of avatars of themselves to do live streams. Right, not necessarily of themselves, but yeah, just uh, the, the best way you can yeah. think of it. Yeah. The best way you yeah. can think of it is how uh, popular YouTube Giguk uh, put it is that VTubers are wrestling with waifus. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I understand it less after that, but oh. fine. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I kind of get it, yeah. Yeah. So two of the, okay, arguably the top talent at Hololive, first of all. So Kiru Coco, she is, she was the top Super Chat revenue earner of Q1 2020 of all of YouTube and all the world. She was earning the most donations essentially um, out of anyone on YouTube. Her and Akai Hato, also known as Hachama, who is also very, uh, very well known. She is a living meme machine, essentially. So as of uh, last week, as of September 27th, they received a three-week sus suspension on all their streaming, uh, streaming services. And the reason behind that is because during... One of, uh, one of their streams each, they revealed some YouTube analytics of their viewership numbers, which supposedly that alone is a no-go for um, the contract. However, in those statistics, what happened was that it showed viewership by country. And mm. one of those countries was Taiwan, separate from China. And that upset a lot of Chinese nationalists. <laughs> Oh. Um, and the CCP. And as of September 27th, the Hololive uh, talents, all uh, Coco and Hachama specifically, but everyone uh, w began receiving very, very malicious threats, death threats, and uh, threats of personal harm to their Twitter accounts and all of that. And Cover took quick action on the 27th by suspending action of uh, these two talents for three weeks. They released... Uh, a uh, press statement in both Chinese and Chinese, Japanese, and English, saying that uh, where to go? Oh, if you oh lost sorry. it. Sorry, yeah. Uh, it's the Chinese. Uh, They've got uh, him. They <laughs> found him. So th these would be they would be suspended for three weeks for inappropriate remarks and unauthorized disclosure of YouTube analytics, as well as uh, inappropriate language for some regions. And so right off the bat, Harry. Uh, knee-jerk reaction at this point in the story. I what would, do you take? I mean, this? so I'd, I'd never want to say anything controversial, mm -hmm. um, but uh, Taiwan is a separate country. Mm -hmm. Stop trying to control everything, China, you bunch of cunts, mm -hmm. um, is my initial knee-jerk reaction. Uh, I have a friend from Taiwan, and uh, she's spoken to me about this before and how mm. China does start to try and really control um, like nearby countries. Um, and it is really fucked up. Uh, but what I think is quite interesting is Taiwan has become much more kind of progressive uh, 
not to the best possible standard, but, but to a much better standard when it comes to LGBT plus representation as a way to deliberately distance themselves socially from China. And, uh, you know, big ups Taiwan. Big ups all so, the Ta- Taiwanese friends. So what, what do you what do you take of uh, Cover? So Covercore is the company that runs Hall Alive. So what do you take of Cover's actions in response to this? Uh, so, so, this talent? so they've essentially stood with China. They've essentially. So there I don't is know if the I say story, they stood with China. So yes, th- that's this is what I mean by there's a lot to this story. So just like give me your thoughts with this amount of information that I've provided to you so far. Right. Okay. Um, I mean. I think South Park actually kind of did a season on this. I've I've not watched it, but from what I know, they did a season where they, they tackled the idea that um, because China is such a ginormous market, you can't offend them and you mm-hmm. can't, you almost have to pander to them quite a lot. And and this is seen with, with various like uh, American entertainment being exported to China. Um, so I think it's it's not good to, to constantly have to pander to a country that you know is breaching human rights laws. That's why, yeah, I, I, anything that, that doesn't stand with China, even if it is just saying like, yeah, Taiwan is its own country. Great. I support that. And I think ultimately, as from what I know, from the information you've given me, these entertainers shouldn't have been suspended because all they did was they were on their stream. Okay, they gave analytics. Maybe that's not allowed. But ultimately, I don't think that's immoral. That's not a breach of morality. Um, but as far as I know, so so they just they obviously said they believe Taiwan is a separate country or that was shown through the analytics they were revealing Taiwan is a separate country. So yeah, they shouldn't have been suspended. Okay, right. And so that is definitely what a lot of, a lot of people still think that absolutely. Um, and that is what the vast majority of people thought at the initial outset of this story for sure. And so what complicates things now, however, is... The fact that um, one uh, cover put out in those press statements, they put out differing uh, differing language between the Chinese, Japanese, and English press statements that confused people, and mm. so they eventually came out on the 29th and apologized for that, making sure that uh, going forward they would all be consistent, uh, no matter the language, and the CEO would be taking a pay cut. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind is that cover, it's. Uh, you know they have Japanese talents and we know that they have English talents now and that's what's kind of kicked off a whole craze. But the thing is, Cover also has Chinese talents too. Um, they have peop- they have Hololivers that do uh, Chinese streams for the Chinese market. And those threats of death and bodily harm were also being directed to- towards these Chinese talents. Really? And, yes. And that means... That puts Cover in a very tricky situation for these talents as well because, and something I wanted to uh, clarify as well, is that there is a difference between China and the CCP, the uh, Chinese Communist Party. Mm. Uh, the CCP is where all of these, the roots of all evil, you could say, Harry, that these stem yeah, from. Whereas China as a whole, or the Chinese people themselves, they aren't inherently evil like that. Oh, of course. Yeah. There's going to be countless Chinese people who despise the, the Chinese yeah. Communist Party and who despise what their country's doing. Um, I can sit here now as an English person and say, I fucking hate my government. You know, I, I hate Boris Johnson. I hate the Conservative Party and they are the democratically elected government of the UK. So like, yeah, there's going to be countless Chinese people who are lovely and who fully stand with um, 
with those opposing their corrupt government. So, so right. obviously, when I say China, I, I want it to be known that I'm just referring to the specific corrupt parts of China, mm-hmm. because there's no point to, to the good people in China who are doing nothing wrong. Right. And so that, that's what I want to emphasize here is because the Chinese talents were being targeted like this, here's the thing is that this complicates the situation so much further because of the CCP and their influence over uh, the Chinese people. If cover, for instance, held their ground in some way, shape or form and didn't, uh, didn't uh, take action against Coco or, or Hachama, there was a very real chance that something could have happened to these Chinese talents mm. um, by the CCP. And do you, I don't think I need to explain what yeah. that potentially means to you, Harry. We don't need to explain That's that on horrible. air either. And so that puts cover in a very, very difficult spot of how do we protect our talents while also not necessarily standing up for words, but how do we protect our talents in the best way possible? And that's where this suspension really stems from is what it seems like is that this suspension is, is more to take these talents out of the line, like take them out of the heat and let the situation cool down enough to where it doesn't affect the Chinese, uh, the Chinese talents that are under direct fire as well. Kyle, I know you've been quiet this whole time. Do you have anything else to um, add on to this? The, the, the real danger uh, comes from, uh, what, what is it called? The, the 50 Cent Army, which is uh, the CCP's effectively crowdsourced uh, internet militia where they have a bunch of people that will like set up a bunch of bot accounts and trawl uh, different forums, both uh, you know Chinese and in other languages, and try to you know incite uh, you know rage and inflammatory posts. Uh, so, for example, when all of this kicked off, the Hollow Live subreddit was full of a lot of hot garbage. But if you, you know, did a bit of digging, you would see that like a lot of those posts were created by accounts that were like a week old or so, or had just been created, um, and were only bashing, you know, cover uh, and the talents. Uh, so what has been unfortunate, but also nice to see, is that uh, a lot of the community has been a lot more vigilant as a result, stepping in line with cover on their. Uh, stance of protecting the talents first and foremost. So, you know, if you go on the Hollow Live subreddit, you'll see that there are a lot of uh, posts, you know, saying like, what to keep an eye out for and how to recognize bait and stuff like that. So it's it really is a tricky situation just because of their ties to the Chinese market. And in a perfect world, they would just pick up those Chinese talents and put them somewhere else. Uh, and just say, you know, buy the whole Chinese market. Mm -hmm. But we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a world where China is a very large part of the global market and a very large part of companies' success. So like you were Mm -hmm. saying, Harry, um, so one of the, the the Hololiver and cover that has the most subscribers on YouTube, uh, Fubuki, I don't, I don't know her last name, the Fox, the white Fox. So she currently has, I think last time I checked, 840K subscribers on YouTube. On the Chinese run version of YouTube, basically, because YouTube is banned in China, they have Billy Billy. And so this is only for China, Chinese viewers only. It is not a mm. worldwide website. She has more than a million subscribers. 
Mm. And so there is a very real model there for sure. And so a lot of people are saying that they they should not have gotten involved with China to begin with. It's You're signing a deal with the devil the moment you do. And I think when it comes to multi-billion dollar companies like Blizzard or um, the NBA and things like that, I, I can understand that sentiment. Like, you, do you really need that much more money? But another aspect to consider is that Hololive was not the supernova giant in popularity it is today, two mm. years ago. Uh, when it first debuted, so the English talents that debuted uh, three weeks ago, Harry, uh, within 24 hours, all five of them reached 100K subscribers. And now all of them sit at least at 300K. Gao Gura, the shark girl, is almost at 600K subscribers three weeks in. Um, when Hololive was just getting started, their talents, it took them six months to just reach 50K subscribers. And it was a huge milestone when some of them, a very small subset, reached 100K a year later. So they were definitely not in the limelight. And so it, it, I'm not going to say this excuses this behavior or excuses the reason to engage in China, but to Kyle's point, this is a business trying yeah, to get of off course. the ground. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I think also this realization of how corrupt China is, it's only come about in the last few years. People have, there's also been plenty of people who've known for a long time, but I think it's become more of a, a global talking point in the past few years. And yeah, it, it's a scary time. It, it really is. And, and I really hope everyone stays safe. And, and yeah, who knows what's going to happen in the future, but it's a scary time. Right. And that's also a reason why I, being someone myself that has gotten into Hololive and it has had such a positive effect on me. And that's what my entire article is about. Like the China, it's not like the Chinese people don't deserve this entertainment mm. either. And so uh, there are a lot of people I'm sure in China, good people that are benefiting yeah. from Hololive like I am. And it just feels like a shame to just take that away from them when they, them, those good people themselves don't deserve it. I think the big question going around in everyone's mind right now, uh, Kyle and Harry, is that, is this a ticking time bomb waiting to go off again? Um, I think they just need to find a different source of revenue and pull their roots out of China. Yes, I think Especially that is... Especially now that they've the, gotten off the ground. I think that is the best course of action. It is definitely unsure how, if and that will I happen. And I think in the next 10 to 20 years, there will be a world war with China. <laughs> like to, to say is it a ticking time bomb waged by hololivers waged by vtubers um, oh what, what do you mean is it a ticking time bomb just regarding not in terms of the global state oh as no ticking as in like will this happen uh, again like with hololive like will we run into this situation again where a talent says something that offends um the chinese nationalists and we have to go through this whole uh but, Potentially, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the company I think this will, is putting the them will think, more on yeah, guard. Like Kyle saying, we might be more on guard. We might think, okay, we need to obviously stop this happening. Yeah. Well, um, part of the conversation that I've seen in the community is that uh, there were several people and posts going around that were saying, you know, we've been telling you guys that you need to have better moderation for this mm -hmm. um, and you need to be more vigilant. Uh, and it looks like this was you know, the wake up call. Right. So uh, Cover put out a series of tweets, follow-up tweets to their press releases regarding just that. That seems like they are going to be taking steps to that. So important again, like, number. Like you said, they only, yeah. what, debuted like two, three years ago? Yeah. Two, so in 2018, late 2018. So they're still a young so, company. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that's also the disadvantage is like how fast they grew to become so insanely popular. It probably 
outpace their ability to adapt to that mm-hmm. popularity. And it, it's the equivalent to Callie, I feel like, Kyle. Just like Callie is very clearly not used to being so popular and she doesn't know how to, ha- how to handle that. And that oh, seems yeah. like the case for cover as well. They, so, there are these- growing pains for any company and Hololive slash Covercore is experiencing them in a significantly smaller window than most. So important num- notice number one, we have been made aware of a number of attempts to incite controversy against our talents by causing them to utter insensitive statements using the live stream chat. So Harry, ever since this whole thing, there's been all sorts of people trying to like get pe- get these talents to say mm. not okay things by tricky things. And ch- for example, um, there was a username that was lazy knee as in K-I-N-E-E. Oh God. Bro. Yeah. G-R-O-W-W. Yeah. And they said that on stream and it's no. Mm. So that's been happening a lot. Important notice number two. In response to this, we have set up a list of terms unable to be mentioned at present to prevent this. Please understand that this response is not politically motivated and is intended to ensure the peaceful live streams by our talents. Important notice number three. Please understand that even if such statements were to be said by the talents, these are in no way politically or ideologically motivated. So at the very least, they are taking advantage, which feels like it should have been a no-brainer to begin with, but Kyle and I are just getting into this, but they're taking advantage of YouTube's basically blacklist yeah. words, like words that you cannot say in chat. The people viewing the stream th- cannot think, type this in. I think it's, it. it's a weird one, um, which is a like, step forward. Inevitably, I think when anyone's doing like live chats and they've got big audiences, inevitably someone will say something that it's not okay. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm saying that because I know I I fucking don't have much of a filter and I, I chat all sorts of shit. And like, like if I was <laughs> famous and big audience, I'd be saying things that offend people. Um, and it's not that I, I wish any ill will to anyone. I just chat shit and I don't have much of a filter. It, that's kind of all it comes down to. And um, I, I to me, I, I only take offense if someone says something where there's actual nastiness behind there. Like, like they, they share, say, a homophobic opinion or a racist opinion and they mean it and that they're really saying something and inciting some sort of hatred that, um, that they actually stand by. And uh, I guess the thing is, you know, will someone do that? Will someone, because saying a username that you've been tricked into saying is, is, is I think the fault there is the person trying to trick the person, not the, the innocent streamer who's accidentally said something. Mm-hmm. But it's if someone's actually sharing a political or social mm-hmm. opinion that's really fucking negative and hateful. And I guess the question is, will that happen? Will they accidentally end up with an alt-right streamer um, who one day lets their shitty opinions be known. Who knows? Right. So like like Kyle was saying, I think this definitely is kind of like the wake-up call for cover to really make some uh, deep-seated changes to their corporation and how they uh, they manage their talent and how they protect them as well. Mm. And the other thing that they are establishing, they are establishing a compliance committee to... Um, make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen again. Um, they are reevaluating their training regimen and things like that. So it, it, it's so it's so strange because again, Kyle and I just got into this fandom as of three weeks ago. And it's for the first week and a half, we had nothing but amazing things to say about it. And I put out an article saying about how much it's affected me. And then literally two days later, it's when all this happened. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's Thanks, what happens when you have just, concern trollers and bad faith actors who just want to like their enjoyment is ruining people's fun and possibly their lives um, yeah even. so all i'll say is cover core yeah uh, all i'll please, say is please, please start uh, having conversations with microsoft 
and partner up with them <laughs> so I can officially talk about VTubers on yeah, it, it, Xbox channels. It's hilarious how you're like, I can only reply to Gura because the other four have these things wrong and do it. Yeah. So Harry, you're going to watch some Hololive Live now, yeah? Uh, potentially, uh, I, I'll check out some because I'm intrigued. Because uh, I'm still a little bit confused, but uh, yeah. it sounds fascinating. Can... It's like a hotbed of political controversy. It really isn't, bits. though. It's just specifically <laughs> this. This, yeah. Like this. I want. Is, like, I want to these say. Streamers... I, I want to see cute anime girls saying really politically controversial things. That's my uh, entertainment. Mm. You can become that, Harry. I could. Make, become a VTuber with a voice changer. Because, they exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never know. It's a good idea. I, I would be, it would be like genuinely, I mean with seriousness, it would be fucking great if one day we could do a podcast episode and it's all three of us as VTubers doing like a video. I would be mortified. Let's fucking do it. Let's do it. Like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Like you guys obviously know, but that would be amazing. Yeah. I'm so down. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anime Ichabod X2 coming at you viewers. <laughs> All right, so that that was the the one main news topic I had because I knew that was going to be a a beefy one that yeah. we kind of had to really dig into. But I still have all um, other smaller things that have happened as well um, in the past three weeks. So one of them is that the crowdfunding site Anime Fund is going to be launching in November. So I, we've talked about this on the podcast before, uh, just like more direct ways of supporting hmm. studios, supporting creators, and I think the. What started that was the fact that a trigger was starting their own Patreon. Was it correct? Yeah. It was Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, what are other ways? So, this Anime Fund is a crowdfunding a uh, platform specifically for anime, and it is a new company based in the Chiba Prefecture. Uh, the problem is that there's not a whole lot of details of who this is funding and how it is going to be, but it's all we know is that it's going to be kind of like Kickstarter, and that besides the for the crowdfunding. It's a way for uh, viewers to engage with the studios as well and that they will receive benefits. So they'll receive rewards such as being supported, uh, having the names, features, and credits. Maybe they'll get some keyframes and other merchandise. So it's it it's got that two-way feedback in a way. Mm. And so this may, whether this is a way to fund existing studios or if it's a way to fund up and coming or both, we're not quite sure, but we can find out next month. Let's see. Yeah. It's, if there was one studio that you could just throw money at right now, and just be like, thank you for your service. What would it be? Um, I I always love what Trigger does because even though like their output is quite inconsistent, I always just appreciate the sort of independent nature of it. Also, another one, an odd one to choose, but I I really I think Terry Animation gets such a bad rep, and I I really respect them. Like they get such a bad rep because like they have to do weekly shows, and everyone fucking rags on them when when an episode <laughs> of something comes out, and it's like not <laughs> the best animation. I'm just thinking like leave them alone. They're doing their best. Um, yeah, it's yeah those super long running ones that just never take a break. I'm yeah, how I, I don't understand. I, I, mean, I mean, like I don't know. I I feel like for them to be able to put out weekly episodes that are as good as they are, I still think that's really fucking good and that's really praiseworthy. Like I, I'll openly say, like like if you watch I don't know, like One Piece, which is aired weekly. Oh look, I'm referencing One Piece again. That's not like <laughs> <laughs> if you watch that was aired weekly. Even like some of the rougher animation moments in One Piece, it's still better than like One Punch Man season two animation. <laughs> so that's the thing. I think Toei Toei Animation are a fucking good studio. We do good animation. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd give them money just to try and say, hey, like take some time off. You need take it. Take a break. Take a little <laughs> yeah. break. Like mm, I really appreciate mm. how consistent you are of your shows. Like like issues aside, you do a good job. You try your best, and I respect that. Mm -hmm. 
What about you, Harry? Or not Harry, Kyle. I, I am what about you, Harry? <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it would it would probably be Keoani. And mm-hmm. you know, like there, there was the whole fundraising stuff that happened. But you know, b- beyond that, Keoani's probably the biggest anime studio that still feels the smallest. Um, and most, I, 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 I think intimate, that, yeah. I think is the, 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 the better phrase to use. I guess um, I definitely know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Just because they feel very employee focused, um, both in terms of how they treat them and, uh, how they let them express themselves in their art. I still find it hilarious that Kyo Annie was just founded by a bunch of housewives that were bored. Wait, is <laughs> that their like, origin story? Yep. It's just a oh, bunch of I housewives. Read just into talk, that. That yeah. is actually yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like, like that shows in their work environment. <laughs> as I'm uh, rewatching Kaon and you know, thinking about like a lot of their other shows, it's just I have a very soft spot for shows that are unabashedly positive. You know, and they can still dig in like the the more you know negative aspects and um, negative emotions. But Kaon shows always leave me feeling very hopeful, um, and mm-hmm. I think that is something to be rewarded and encouraged. Absolutely. 110% agree. The studio I would throw money at right now is just because it's fresh on my mind is a wit studio, just because the great pretender was just, or it still is because we still have to get the second half, but assuming the second half doesn't screw the pooch somehow, this first half is just absolutely mind blowingly amazing. It's like, it's one of those, it's one of those shows that, Makes me glad to be an anime fan. Like, it's one of those rare shows that just absolutely reinvigorates you. It's like, yes, fuck yes, this, this is anime. Oh this is why I like anime, oh yes. God. And so, it, yeah, I, you need one of those every now and then, yeah. I feel like. And so, yeah, I'd, I'd like to say thank you to Studio Wit for that, for sure. Uh, another anime that Kyle wasn't a fan of the adaptation for, but was a fan of the series. So, Quintessential Quintuplets, Kyle. Mm. Uh, so, it is getting its second season. But interestingly enough, it is... It is going to be completely done animating before its premiere date in January 2021, which is different for anime because usually anime is produced as it airs. Like you have a pre-production to have like the first or second episode ready to go and then the studio is continually making the episodes as they go out. And that's just how it's been. And so this is a rare exception. And as far as I know, like the first exception outside of like Netflix shows to have it the other way where they are just going to animate it entirely like or it's like western tv shows how those are recorded they're all recorded at once and then they are released weekly from there on Mm -hmm. and so this is of course due to uh the coronavirus pandemic because they don't want to have any unforeseen uh impacts Mm. on production which i think is a great idea and i do wonder like why this hasn't been the case sooner because you would think that would be a much less stressful way to produce than having to be on a deadline every single week. I'm not sure. I'm assuming it's because, from my impression, Japanese companies are very slow to adapt. So, uh, I don't know. So, but, like, slow to adapt, but what, what was the cause of this kind of production style to begin with? Like, why would they think that weekly production is better than having it all done? Oh, just e- even production? before the pandemic? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of the same thing with like how manga works, right? Um, and it's like why it's always news when uh, an artist says they're taking a break because it's mm-hmm. like for the most part, a lot, especially shonen artists, will like go for months, if not years at a time of just constant output. 
And it's like, why don't you think just the, like the difference, sit down? The difference there though is that manga doesn't have seasons. <laughs> like anime, typically they usually have a beginning and end. There That's are the true. exceptions, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, you can definitely absolutely be like, okay, here's the beginning, here's the end. We have it finished and then we can ship it out. Whereas manga for the most, I feel like, I could be wrong, but I get the feeling 80% of the manga out there, the, the manga cod doesn't know how they're going to end it yet or how it's going to end mm. because they also don't know if they'll be uh, in published that long. Whereas anime I, is just I, like, I think, okay, we got this amount of episodes funded. I think that Akira Toriyama said that when he was writing Dragon Ball, it was always just like by the seat of his pants, like every mm -hmm. week was just make, he was just making up <laughs> as he went along, right. which is yeah, really, exactly. really cool, I think. Yeah, so there's that. It's like having to make it up and then there's like, okay, here's our script. Let's adapt it now. Mm. So mm. I, I do wonder, uh, because, yeah, I did finish the first season. So I'll be able to watch the second season. I wonder if I'll be like, wow, this quality is just so mind-blowing. And I doubt that'll be the case, but it'll be interesting to see how it comes out. So there has been a life-size Gundam that has been under construction yes. Japan for quite some time now. <laughs> <laughs> Looks rad as Fuck. Yeah, and it will have its grand public viewing debut on December 19th, where it will have just a few movements where it'll like take a step forward, take a step back, move its arms around. But yeah, you can live the dream now and go. It is insane. <laughs> it is an 18 meter high, 59 foot tall, life size Gundam statue. Like with like, there's a whole loading dock that you can go in to just like see the various levels of it. It is insanity. That's so fucking cool. I, yeah. And it is only 1,600 yen for an entry ticket, which is about 16 US dollars. You know what? That's that's pretty good. You gonna make a trip out there, Kyle? God, yeah, I want to. <laughs> I had planned to go back again this winter, but you know, things kind of happened. And uh, finally, Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba has reached the milestone of 100 million cop manga copies in circulation. Oh, which is a lot of manga. Uh, Have you read the entire manga, Kyle? Because I know it's, it's finished now. I it? stopped uh, of like maybe a couple dozen chapters or so ago. Um, I, yeah, I, I haven't finished it. <laughs> no. Mm -hmm. Last year done? it was the second. Yeah, it's it, done. It, it is it's done. done. It is finished. finished. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I need to catch up then. Last year it was the second highest selling manga of 2019. Tarek care to take a guess of what was number one? Um... Uh, is it like, is it a predictable thing or is it like- It is a predictable thing. Oh, One Piece? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Second only to Eiichiro Oda's One Piece manga. Yeah. But the fa I feel like the fact that it could even rival that- Oh, totally. It's, it, 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 to come out with like a relatively short series and to mm -hmm. rival something like One Piece is fucking incredible. It's still like, impressive that like- It shows it, it shows how good Demon Slayer is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The fact that they're like- kind of came out of nowhere and has like i i'd say arguably at the height of its popularity it just is done which is really mm -hmm. nice to see please make more short shonens right yeah it's short relatively short shonen is like a long normal series i i don't mind like the thing is that okay so like if, if you were to take like demon slayer let's say like when the anime is fully finished let's say it's the same length as like Breaking Bad or something. I don't know. I know I know like Demon Slayer and Breaking Bad aren't comparable, but like in terms of length, that's still quite doable. Right. I, I think that, yeah, I think that's what Kyle's getting yeah, at here. It's like that's like, that nice, that but, nice but, middle ground. But like. you'd still argue that's still quite a long show, but it, it's not, right. it's not so long, but it's like, 
I need to I mean, it's spend, kinda spend like, a year. It's okay to be that long just so that you can run with the shonen formula. It's mm. just that there's a certain point where I feel like longer running shows kind of just wear out the formula. Um, mm. And I don't feel mm. like something like Demon Slayer uh, or Rurouni Kenshin really wore it out. It ended right where it needed to. Uh, same with Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, I think doing like that long form narrative must be so difficult. But there's yeah. rare cases where it can be nailed. And I think Atra Oda is a master of that. Yeah. Well, that's why what's nice with Demon Slayer is that um, for its you know, comparatively short length, it does feel like, and I, I haven't finished it, but where I'm at, I'm pretty sure it's the final arc. Uh, there aren't any questions that I want answered. Like they're addressing everything. Mm, yeah. I think that's awesome. I need to check out uh, Taikubo's new uh, show, or not show, oh, but like the, Burn the Witch. movie that came out, Burn the Witch. Yeah. Hopefully that's good. So yeah, we were talking about a whole bunch of uh, good shows just now. It is time to go on to our Shitsumon ga arimas. So oh, hi, we... Callie. <laughs> God damn it. I wasn't even thinking about that. It's totally yeah. influenced me. Holosaurus EN, Generation 1 right here. Oh my God. Coming at you. I, um, don't, so I yeah. don't know what any of this means. <laughs> it's okay, Grandpa. We'll, make, we'll teach you. Okay. <laughs> you say to the guy who's younger than us, Kyle. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So anyways, when we talk about shows that are good, we, we typically think about like, oh, the characters are really good or the setting is so interesting. The world building is so great and so on and so forth. But what about shows where the setting is the character, the kind of shows where you couldn't think of it taking place anywhere, but where it does in that show, because it is such an, the setting and location is so inextricably linked with what is happening in the story and what's happening with the characters. And that, whenever that, that's, that's important to distinguish because there are a billion and a half rom-coms out there that take place in generic high school <laughs> number B. Like, in that kind of show, the setting isn't a character. But there are so many that where the setting matters, it adds such an interesting dynamic to it. And those shows are worth exploring in a more uh, nuanced fashion, you could say. And that also kind of links into how a show is kind of demonstrate the passage of time throughout it as well because settings play a huge role in that and so kyle i know you wanted to hit me up with one that you thought very strongly of on this right away so go ahead oh i think we all feel strongly about it but you know mm -hmm. made an abyss it's mm -hmm. literally the setting the show <laughs> um where the whole part like the antagonist like there, there are people um, in the series that are going up against the main cast, but the antagonist really is just their environment. Um, mm -hmm. And I think what's so interesting about that is that it's not malicious. It just is. Right. It's just mother nature. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think we really see enough of those kinds of shows um, where it's both. And, and what Maiden Abyss does like so wonderfully is that it captures that whole idea that damn nature is scary, but also nature is beautiful. Um, right. And how it internalizes that external conflict for the characters. And what I really hope by the end of the series, and I haven't watched the movie yet. It's good. But what I really hope by the end of the series is that typically when we get that kind of uh, that kind of narrative in a show where nature is the antagonist, but it's not malicious. It's just kind of it's just kind of this force that these people have lived with all for. It might be like mana storms that are wrecking them or just some natural disasters. Typically by the end of that series, you find out, oh, it was human hubris that did something in the past that fucked everything up. And that's why we're suffering now. Mm. And that kind of defeats the purpose of that mm. nature 
So I really hope what, like that Attack on by Titan? the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess that would be one. Yep, 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 yep. Some- um, I really hope by the end of the Made in Abyss, it wasn't just like some guy took a drill. Simone, oh god my damn god. it, went down to the bottom. And it's just like, well, oh no. The, I really the thing curse. I love about Made like, in Abyss, there's a lot of things I love about it, but I love that it doesn't overcomplicate itself with meaningless details, and it is just a mm-hmm. case of. Uh, Rico and Reg and Nanachi are journeying to the bottom of this mysterious abyss and you could ask an infinite amount of questions about the abyss but it deliberately doesn't answer them because they sh- they don't need to be answered part of the joy is well, it's interesting how you say it doesn't like bother itself with unnecessary details because you know ironically enough the world that they're in is so detailed yeah that, that, that's it like, like <laughs> if it starts to really kind of bog you down with like and this is why it works like this and this is why it works like this and this is why, mm. you just start mm. to think oh fuck off like i don't care like <laughs> just do the thing go into the abyss and do cool shit um a show recently that i, I watched on recommendation of matt is uh the misfit of demon king academy and um, did did you finish all of that, Matt? <laughs> I did, and I'm sad it ended how it did. So, so I, I enjoyed it, but I felt like it was a show that at times it's it got really I, convoluted. I totally it, it, know it what almost, you mean. Yeah, <laughs> totally know it, what like, you mean. It would explain certain types of magic, like source magic and all this and that and that. And I, even at the end of the series, I was thinking, wait, what is that again? Like not fully grasping <laughs> it. And it almost felt like... yeah. It felt like it was trying to do all this really big world building and this really detailed world building around stuff, but it didn't take the time to properly do it. It would just quickly throw things into right. conversation and move on. And it, so, did it rely on, like you said, conversation? Like, d- did the characters have to explain to you why things were the way they were? Um, Is that not what the problem with it? Or? I, it? It was more that like. It didn't matter what the explanation was because the main character was going to break everything anyways. And so the explanation was more there, I feel like, to make it to emphasize the main character's overpoweredness, where like we already got that he's overpowered just by what he was doing. I don't think they needed to explain in detail why he was Mm. overpowered and why he was breaking the rules because it was already obvious. But but I think this is it. It's like there were some of the best moments in the series were when it was just quite simple and it was him at the academy. Uh, kind of making friends and getting a, a little sort of group together that, that supports him and uh, trying to figure out a couple of mysteries. But like, as it got more and more convoluted and more and more bogged down with with ambition, with its storytelling, it ultimately felt like it was just trying to cram too much into 13 episodes. And it... The last two episodes felt like... Yeah, it just five. felt like it was way too much. And, and again, like going to, let's say, My Hero Academia or One Piece... There's certain concepts in their shows regarding like quirks or devil fruit powers or uh, or like with One Piece, you've got hacky as well, which is like different types of ways of fighting. But it's all explained really gradually. It's not just quickly explained like in conversation. It's explained gradually how these different things work and why they work in the ways they do. And it never felt uh, convoluted as a result. And with Made in Abyss, I feel that if ever they do start to get more wordy with the explanation of the abyss, it won't be sudden, it will be gradual and it will hopefully be slower paced so you can feel it building rather than just having it forced on you out of nowhere. Well, what I really appreciate um, and, you know, the the smart thing uh, and kind of the obvious thing that you do with deep worlds like this uh, is you have like, it's been a while, Rico and Rem. um, Rico and Reg. Like Reg, right. Um, Reg has lost his memory. Uh, and Rico is a completely novice adventurer. So they're going in as blind as the viewers mm. are. 
Um, and even Nanachi, who's like been living in a lower level, doesn't really know much about the world. She just knows enough to survive. Uh, so you're learning right alongside them. Mm. And that's part of the story. So, like the learning is the story. And so Harry, uh, without spoiling the movie, is that kind of what you got from the movie as well? That same kind of sense of discovery, learning along with yes, the characters? Yes, so, so I won't spoil the movie, but uh, Nanachi plays a very big role in it. Um, and because <laughs> nice. obviously at the end of series one, you're learning lots about Nanachi and about her past. And those things you learn play a very big role in the movie. What's exciting is that like, Okay, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything because I'm trying to be very vague. <laughs> As you're talking about like, you're like kind of being a novice with these characters. As the movie ends and the characters step forward to the next part of their adventure, it feels like they're really going into unknown territory. You don't know where they're going and they don't know where Ooh. they're going. It, it's a total mystery and it, it really kind of ends on a nice note where you think, yeah, what's going to happen next? And I, I don't think that's a spoiler. I, I don't think that's too much of a spoiler. Like, um, they go for it. Yeah, they keep yeah, going. Like, <laughs> I, I, I will confirm that they don't die and they do go further into the so, But I think that's quite predictable. I think that's okay. Um, mm, but no, right. I, I, don't, I don't want to say much more, but um, it's great. It's, it's really good. Uh, there's really sad bits that will make you feel all sorts of feels. And um, also, there's some fucking incredible action towards the end, I would also say. Uh, there's some incredible, like, fight scenes and action scenes that haven't really been done before in the franchise because uh, okay. typically it's, it's more Does so it kind work? Of okay, so tense conflicts but like you've got fucking shonen-esque battles towards the end and it's great it's really really exciting so keeping <laughs> uh within like the whole topic of world building um and you know, the setting is the action like it, it plays by the rules oh totally yeah it, it really really works like like don't don't worry you'll be fully on board of it it's fucking incredible and it really works and it really mm. makes sense. There are moments in the film where like external to the action, there were just certain reveals and certain twists along the way where I was just like, what the fuck when it happened? Like really, really cool <laughs> stuff. Okay. It's, oh, it's a great film. You should definitely watch it. Can't wait. And then we'll eventually get the second season like two well, decades what's from happening, now. Like, with, with the second season, because I think like the the next story arc in the manga is, is all written, isn't it? But um. Yeah, what's what's happening with like future? I I just I don't like we got we got confirmation that season two would happen when season one ended, and that was it. And we haven't heard anything else since mm. then. You so know what? I've waited this long out. for Euro Camp. I got Euro Camp. I've waited this long for Zombieland Saga. We're maybe still. I, I think we're still getting it. So I, I can wait for more Made in Abyss. But yeah, right. I, I think it's just kind of eh, right now. It'll happen someday eventually. But uh, the fact that we know it will happen eventually is. Good enough, mm. I suppose. And I'm assuming the movie did perform pretty well. Uh, I hope so. Uh, Maybe. Box off, yeah, box office-wise, I don't know. I don't know. The st- I, I would assume so as well. Actually, I don't know how popular Made in Abyss was in Japan. I, I know it's definitely extremely been, popular worldwide. That's, that's yeah, a really strange as we've thing been, like, As has been proven over and over again, Japanese tastes don't align yeah, with Western it's really taste really when, like, There's something that's huge in like the US and Europe and in various parts of the world, but like you don't know how big it is in Japan. Right, so Harry, uh, was there another show that you thought yes. thought of about the so, setting? Something, like, something that I well. think uh, it's always been really good with its setting is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So this is like, when you look at Stardust Crusaders, the whole kind of nature of the series is they're traveling from Japan all the way to Egypt. 
and they're stopping at various countries along the way. And every time they're in a new country, the whole sort of episode will be based around that. Um, and they'll encounter like a, a, mm-hmm. a rival stand user and there'll be a battle, but it'll all be relevant to this country and they'll comment lots on the country. Um, and then going forward, I think Diamond is Unbreakable is in this little sort of like mysterious, quirky town. And so much of the series is based around the mysteries of this town and the quirks of this town. And then again, going forward to uh, Golden Wind, the latest anime part, or Vento Oreo, as it's called in the manga, mm-hmm. that's all set in Italy. And it all feels completely sort of constantly tied to its setting, constantly tied to Italy. It like, it's always about like them traveling somewhere in Italy and getting to somewhere in Italy and commenting on where they are in Italy. So it feels like such a, such a kind of defined mm. part of the show. Like every part of the series, the setting is, is like arguably the most memorable bit. Um, it's, it's, that's almost like the thing that defines it in a weird way. Beyond like the, the different Joe star, the different characters, it is the setting. That's the thing that defines it. Um, so yeah, fucking Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is amazing. And if you've, I know I always say this, but if you've not seen the latest season, uh, Golden Wind, it is so fucking good. I'd really recommend it to both of you. It is just so entertaining and so much fun. Where, where's Golden Wind? That's all in again? Italy. And uh, what time uh, period? Oh, I'm not sure exactly when the time period is. Um, I, I, I think it's modern <laughs> day. I think it's it's relatively modern day. Like, but um, but no, it's, it's it's just incredible. Do you think? Do you think JoJo will eventually go into the future? Uh, that could, hasn't it already? That period? could be interesting. <laughs> I, I don't it? think it has. No, it, no, I don't believe so. Um, I don't necessarily think it's it's largely about like time. If that makes sense, like it, it's not so much about, because I think typically it's written like at the time that it actually is. So, so like um, Diamond is Unbreakable was set in 1999 and I think it was written in 1999 mm-hmm. as well. I might be slightly wrong, mm-hmm. but that's what I, I seem to remember. So I think the author has always kind of written it in the time it is, but but I also don't okay. know, he may have changed time time era over time. Uh, that's a that's a lot of generations yeah. of Joes in such a short yeah, period of time. <laughs> well, we, yeah, the initial few series were like um, different. Like he started, it was like kind of in old England, like in the eighteen hundreds or something, right? Uh, and then I think the second arc, Battle Tendency, was set during like forties or fifties, nineteen thirties, nineteen thirties. Yeah, yeah. It was like right before World but War. But then II. he starts to jump more into modern day, and how it works is like each generation of JoJo will be like a different sort of. Um, like a different planet's Jojo or a different re- universe's Jojo will kind of be more and more weird. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that at, at, at the end of one of the story arcs, which isn't animated yet, it's in the manga, but uh, the whole universe ends. Like everything ends and like oh, it's re- right. reborn, as a, okay, it, okay, then okay. reborn as a different universe. And there's parallel Jojo counterparts to the original Joe stars. So you'll get like uh, a certain Joe star that's like, a direct reference to the Joe star from like Diamond is Unbreakable, for example. And it will be almost like a, an alternate reality version of an old story arc. So they have to reestablish the setting every time. Yeah. Uh, and, and like the, uh, like there's, there's an arc called Steel Ballroom, which is in the manga. I've not read it. Like it, it's, um, it'll be after the next one, but um, I think it's like this big race. It's an, it's across America and it's a horse race to try and get to some sort of treasure and they're racing against the president who's a stand user. And it's, it's all like this, this race across America. So it's a, a, okay. not only is every story arc like a unique setting, but it's a completely fucking bonkers idea. And it's amazing. And I love it. It's, it's, 
I just, I love imagination. I love weird shit. And, and JoJo's all about that. So I can't recommend it enough. Okay, so in that case, this setting is like, it, it's not necessarily about... What, what, what do you, like, like the building detail? Um, or, well, I, I can't think of the word. Verisimilitude. Um, um, where it's like, ah, th- this specific aspect happens because of this, and like they're building all of these like specific details not that not to say that this isn't detailed but it's more about like how wild can it get uh i I suppose i mean it is it's not as detailed as the abyss in maiden abyss i guess if that's what we're getting at um but it feels like such a core defining part of the story in every arc that comes about right it's it's such an essential part of it not an anime example but a video game one like Katamari Damacy, like the setting for that is like an absolutely huge part of the experience. Um, but it's not really like a world necessarily. It's just something that like is purely out of the imagination of the creator. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I know that that's like a really, those are really vague and noncommittal terms, but I don't know how else to I guess, define but it. But I think it's really cool because because like <laughs> you then associate that world with the mind of the creator. Exactly. And it, yeah, it, yeah. it, it does feel mm-hmm. so defining of what it is. Like, like it, 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 it gets to a point where like, like, you know, the world is a character in the story because it's. So I think the best way to put this is that you take a frame from Jojo that doesn't have any actual characters in it. And you would be able to immediately oh, tell it's from yeah. Jojo still, even though there is no yeah. characters in it. I yeah. think that's what you're doing. And you, mm-hmm. you could see like like uh, a bit of Italy in Ventorio slash Golden Wind. And um, you'd know, oh, that's from that story arc. And I know because that's how it looks and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's it's a really defining part. And it's also just beyond that, like um, they'll make lots of references to Italy. And there'll be lots of like kind of little sort of bits of dialogue. Uh, and it'll be like they're going to a certain place in Italy and it'll be mentioned where they're going to. And like like the specific aspects of that part of Italy will be spoken about. Like this place in mm. Italy, it's a, it's a nice, peaceful, da 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 And like though, it's difficult to explain if you haven't watched it, but, but like, because oh, I'm just saying that because right, I'm fucking yeah. awful at explaining it. But uh, it's it's great. Like, like I just, I just fucking bang on about it all day because it's so fucking good. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, it's just really cool. Okay, I think the way that I can I at least like give like a, a another not a counter example necessarily, but what I'm trying to get at more in terms of, you know, what I define detail as, um, is if you look at something like Made in Abyss or if you look at something like Berserk, uh, which, you know, if you're unfamiliar with Berserk's world, just look at the Dark Souls games. <laughs> um, those are entirely built on creating a mythology, creating a living history that you are part of. Mm. Um, and I don't know that Jojo is necessarily concerned so much about, uh, the historical continuation, Mm. um, or that kind of nitty gritty detail, like the, the flora and fauna of how things are, unless it's particularly relevant to the story at the time. Mm. Um, now the way Jojo might do it is very creative, but it's not, I, I, from my impression, and especially with what I've seen so far of the three arcs of JoJo that I've watched, it's more about creating something memorable in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Like, it, it's, I guess it's still like a kind of a, a real world inspired interpretation of that real location. So, yeah, um, I think that's fair. I think it's not going to have like 
the detail or the kind of the unique nuance of something like the world of Berserk or the world of Maiden Abyss. I don't know. But... And like, I don't say that that as a bad thing. Um, I'm just trying to. Yeah, know. no, I think I think that's nuance good. isn't necessary to make something. Fun. I'm tr- I'm trying to think now about like an anime that has has that world that that is kind of like super super specifically detailed with its its lore. Harry, your your favorite scene. One Piece, of course. Well, yeah, <laughs> like Atra Oda is phenomenal at world building, um, and I suppose yeah, like although I guess with One Piece, it's more so about the specific island it will take place on. So like they'll visit, mm-hmm. a, but each island has its like own history yeah, and like each, relation yeah. with other islands. Yeah, so that's true. Yeah, like if you're kind of taking like the sea in itself, I mean it is just the sea, but like when you're going to specific islands, then it feels like its own world, its own place. So yes, One Piece is a very but it is also world. like wildly cartoony and over the top. Mm. So we've been talking about all these uh, kind of fantastical locations, and even JoJo takes place in the real world. It is very much fantastical, yeah. and like to your point. Because you can look at a frame and recognize it, it's very stylized too. And a show, in my mind, that I feel like the setting plays a huge role that is more grounded and down to earth is, uh, I've talked about it before, but Nagino Asakura, or Lo by the Sea, uh, which is uh, PA Works is the one with the, the sea people <laughs> that I've talked about before. Seeple. And the, the, the setting of Shio Shishio, which literally translates, I believe, to salty salt, <laughs> um, it is, is such a core part of the narrative because they... A running theme throughout the show is just the passage of time and how things change, how people change, how objects change, how p- places change. And it's that it's very good at showcasing that change throughout the series and that the characters, they'll be going to uh, various different locations throughout. You start to recognize locations. You even kind of get, you start to form a little mental map of the city in your head mm. just because of how it all connects to each other. And as the city goes on, you see little things that change, like, oh, the shop is closed or that sign is different um, and so on and so forth. And I feel like you and characters will notice that, too. They'll take notes like, oh, wow, um, that's a shame or something like that. And I feel like when you get to that point where you recognize it before a character does or you can you round a, you see a character around a corner and you'd be like, it should look like this and it doesn't look like that. Or you see something that just looks off to you. That's when I feel like a setting really has you by the balls. <laughs> that like, you're so invested in not just what's happening to the characters, but what's happening to this yeah. location too. You feel just at home in it as the characters do It feels do like there's almost like a character arc to the location. Absolutely, yeah. And it's just like, as it changes more, there's just kind of like this this stinging feeling in your chest. Just like you, those days you can't get back, those Halcyon days. And I love it when anime do that. Another show that's very good about that is Clan Ad. Oh, which, yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't going to yeah, pick that up, like, but yeah. Yeah, the, the whole second season is all about just like, I wish I could go back. I wish we could go back. And you technically could. You could go back and just watch the earlier episodes, but that's cheating. But you well, can't just go back and experience. What's great about, yeah, um, and especially they, they like hammer at home, like that's the main point of the second season, um, is how you know the, the town that they live in is its own character, but the town is made up of all of these people who's, lives you've been a part of for like the past five years that the show covers um mm-hmm. five or so years that the show covers but what i especially love about clanid um is that it follows the kyo annie uh mo which is drawing from kyoto and that's why i love kyo annie show so much and especially after having visited kyoto in person 
it really is just there, there's so much personal sentiment that goes into how this show is created. And you know, even before having gone uh, to Japan, it's like I I could they did a very good job of making it feel like home, even though I've mm-hmm. I'd never been there. Right, exactly. That is absolutely Kyo Annie's Kyo Annie's strength is just making you feel welcome while watching their show. There are some exceptions here and there, but for the most part, you just feel at home watching any of their shows, which is just so, so, so nice. Uh, the other last shout out of a show I want to give to is Sora no Woto, which is the mil- cute girls doing cute oh, military God, I still want to watch that. Yeah, I've got yeah, that. Yeah, and it's, it's such a fascinating setting that's just kind of this this soft-boiled mystery happening beneath all of these shenanigans that's just like they're doing all these cute things you're just like vibing with them but at the same time there's just like um you see something on the wall you see something under the water and you're just kind of like this this there's something about this town there's something about this setting something happened here and the characters rare unlike nagina asakura the characters r- rarely point it out themselves it's just things that you're noticing you start to think it's like am i overthinking this like oh is, that's this should just exactly like that exact yeah. reason is why i love girls last tour uh, yeah exactly the, the whole so, show is centered yeah. around the two main characters like going through a post-apocalyptic wasteland and they don't really dwell on why things look or are the way that they are they might make like a cursory remark wonder what used to be here or take a picture but for the most part it's just them moving forward and i feel like that that allows you the viewer to really mm-hmm. draw your mm-hmm. own conclusions and come to your own uh think for yourself as well rather than just being told like oh this is what this used to be or things like that uh and i really enjoy and going back to sora Noato is when it does get to that point when you're like Something is definitively off here. There's something definitively happening here. Um, you feel kind of accomplished, kind of coming to uh, reaching that point as well, because you've been taking those cues all throughout. And you can tell that those cues are very carefully placed to be just noticeable enough to where you take notice of them, but not out of place enough or not inconspicuous enough to where you don't notice them at all. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I feel like that is that's that's the case for any mystery novel as well. It's just like how to give your audience just enough clues and uh, stimulation without giving everything away. Mm. Harry, did you think uh, of another show? Besides no, I'm, I'm fucking racking my brain and I can't think of one. I'm a That's failure. I'm, I'm think, a loser. Oh, sorry. It's it's all good. I'm sure we we could talk about the setting of One Piece oh, of for an course. entire podcast. I'd, I'd be, I'd be so down to do that one day. That. I would genuinely be down. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We will call it here for an episode then. Harry, where can we find you at? Well, on the wonderful interwebs that ca- is not toxic in the least. <laughs> you cannot find me on Twitter because <laughs> I deleted it. Because it is toxic. Oh, no. Fucking hell. You know what? Good for you. <laughs> I was finding every time I go on Twitter, everything that comes up, no matter what, if I check for tweet replies, it's just all right-wing opinions. And I just read too many tweets of that nature, too many fucking right-wing bullshit boomer tweets but i just thought i can't do this anymore so i deleted it um so you can't find me anywhere except on goomba stomp which i've not written for for a little while but i am going to do some articles soon but you can look forward to that yes one piece I, i'll try and do that something that'd be cool and um i'd ah we we, sh- we should try and like when you guys get to watch from made an abyss movie i'd love to do like a triple review some sort of like a 
collaborative review piece on it. That'd be sick. Oh, I'd be down. Yeah, yeah I got, I'm probably like going to watch it sometime yeah, this weekend. That could be really cool if we somehow like collaborate on that because uh, it's something we're all passionate about. But yeah, so you can find me on Goomba Stomp and uh, my my movie recommendation. I'll give a movie recommendation. I mentioned it earlier. Check out One Piece Strong World and One Piece Gold. Uh, two really, really good One Piece films. My personal two favourites out of uh, like eight or something I've seen. So yeah, I'd recommend that. All right, cool. I, I mainly use Twitter nowadays for like art and memes. <laughs> I don't go down to the comments. Yeah, section that's, most that's often, why. So. <laughs> Kyle, what about you? Unfortunately, uh, I think a lot of people know where they can find you. Unfortunately, now. <laughs> my livelihood is tied to social media. Um, <laughs> thankfully, I do mostly use like Matt does and pretty much only follow artists uh, and video game companies and video game developers uh, who are all pretty nice people. So as a result, my feed, if I don't go into the replies, are usually it is usually pretty good. But you can find me at like the rogue on Twitter. Um, or more recently, you can, you know, just look at Xbox and whenever you see Weeb posts, that's probably me. Uh, for <laughs> manga recommendations, I haven't read anything really in a while. I got to get back into Demon Slayer, but I don't know if I've recommended it on the show before, but read Nagatoro. Um, I don't... Please don't bully me, Nagatoro. Yes, I think that's the, the, the full title. Um, but yeah, it's... getting it's, an anime next season, I believe. Oh my God, is it actually getting adapted? Yeah. I am Yeah, very it's getting happy. an anime. I'm not sure if it's next season, but I know Good. it's getting adapted. I am very yeah. happy about that. It's, uh... It, hmm, I don't know how to <laughs> recommend this without sounding like a creep, but I, all right, whatever. It's a fan service show, but it's very cute. Uh, it's very cute fan service. Okay. Uh, it's, yep. I know what kind of show it is. <laughs> Or what kind of series like, it is. If you like it, hmm, it's Takagi-san, but in high school. That reminds me also because of your uh, Twitter handle. Have you played Hades at all? Or is that I, on your list? I talked about it uh, very casually at the beginning of the show. But yes, I've been playing Hades. Uh, it is oh, yeah, it. fantastic. And it is the best implementation of storytelling in a roguelike that I have ever seen. So I've heard. I, it is I really want to play. So it, good. I'm not, I, honestly. Got I'm, other obligations. Honestly, I'm not really huge into these kinds of action games. Um, these isometric action games. I, I enjoyed Hyperlight Drifter, but I normally don't like other kinds of these games. But Hades is just so fucking good, and it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Play Hades. I'm really looking forward to getting into that. Play Hades. And you can find me at Musing Mojek M U S I N G M O J A C K on Twitter and. I am the anime editor on Goomba Stomp. You can find a whole bunch of packs online impressions that I put out recently, as well as the article I've mentioned of a whole bunch of, I fell down the whole live <laughs> rabbit hole and I'm glad I did. Join us. Um, I, I really cannot emphasize just how much better I felt just in general about life ever since I got into whole live, just my mood and um, outlook on everything has just been more positive, I feel like. And I've just been, felt more energized and inspired to try Until the Chinese Communist Party so, ruined it for you. Well, put it, yeah. Put it, yeah. Put it down. But, it. There, that's, a, that's, a, that's an ink spot on the parchment yes. for sure. <laughs> but I, I, I really do have to say, though, because going into Hololive, I totally expected it to be kind of like me getting into gotcha games. Just like, I enjoy it, but I like self-deprecatingly enjoy mm -hmm. it. Like, I know it's trash, but 
get now that I'm into Hall of, I can fully like unabashedly say it is it's not trash. It's yeah, just that's good. actually the funny it's just good. that's actually the funny part about this is like normally whenever um and you know it's like my first impressions of it were is like, oh I can only ever watch this like with headphones in my room. But now I kind of just have it playing in the background when I'm like cooking and in the kitchen. Um same. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> one of my friends isn't like into anime at all. Um but yeah, I don't feel weird just kind of playing that. Because uh, I just say, yeah, it's just, you know, these streamers that, you know, look like an anime girl, but, you know, they're having fun with it. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I would, I, my recommendation is if you've ever been curious about Hall Live but have been scared of it. And if you're scared because you would get too far into it, I think that's <laughs> fair because that's where I was at. And I definitely am hooked on it. But if you're scared, that is just like it's who would ever watch this or just like I, I'll be judged for watching it. Don't give Matt, it a shot. Which a shot. stream would you recommend to somebody who has never seen Hollow Live or any oh, VTubers? Uh, I can't, you can't put me on the spot like that, man. For, for me, uh, I'd recommend Gargura's plug and play stream. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I would also say, um, in the very begin, in the very beginning, um, Mori and Kiara's collaboration stream, like within their first week as well, is very good. Where it's just kind of them chatting around. If you want to just see them interact with each other, my anime recommendation, however, is uh, the new Higurashi anime. I haven't watched it yet. I know it'll be oh good. God. I feel it in my bones. I trust it in my soul. It will be good. So what if it, it isn't? Just do it. It can't be impossible. Oh, nope. Oh, <laughs> I reject your opinion. <laughs> all right. And that will be a wrap for this episode. So thank you for joining us and we will see you. We better be next playing Hollow Live BGM right now. Ciao. <laughs>